It's 3 o'clock on the Blitz 1170, and that means it's time for the show with Pop and Colby. I start looking around. I'm like, who wants some of this? I would think you would have a little bit more self-awareness. Yum, yum, give me some. <laughs> Although that might have just ended any and all <laughs> I chances just, of that I just ever killed happened. it. Scott File is alongside trying to keep them on time. It's technically a sports show, but that's debatable. What? Like, you just deserve to not yeah. have penalties called against you because you're Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Well, while Dan Cooper looks at Rico Dowdle's appendage. Daddy! Oh, look at that! Look at this, look at that! What did you say Candace Bergeron looked like? Robocop. <laughs> she looked like Peter Weller in the suit. We just want to have fun. Real talk. Don't ever call my bits little again. <laughs> Robo I've never tasted a peacock. My wife's a, a horse person. Blasting their way across Oklahoma. It's the show with Pop and Colby on the Blitz 1170. How young is too young to have your prostate checked? All right, give me the call letters again. Uh, KTSB, the Blitz 1170. KTSB at the plate and whammy! The Blitz 1170, you betcha. All right, what's up? Welcome in here on a Thursday here on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. Scott File alongside as well. That is Colby Daniels also on the opposite end of the horn as we welcome you into another episode of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app on a day in which we welcome in Colin Kennedy coming up in the 5 o'clock hour and also a snack for you at 445. A lot to get into today here on this Thursday edition. Fellas, what is going on on this absolutely glorious day outside? Gentlemen, happy Thursday. Uh, I am exhausted. I was up until the wee hours of the morning working on a school project. Not that I'm in school, but you know. You have kids that are in school, so you end up being responsible for some of these things. So I'm uh, running on fumes. What's up with you guys? What, uh, what project were we working on into the wee hours of the morning? Well, I don't know if you're aware of this, but today, at least for my son, and I'm sure this is the part you're aware of, it is the 100th day of school. And on the 100th day of school, there is a massive celebration. Uh-huh. Like, it's a big deal. Yes. I, I, when I grew up, this wasn't even a thing. I'd never heard of it. No. No. Until I got a child into school, right? And now, it happened in pre-K. It happened in kindergarten. It's happening again this year in first grade. It's the hundredth day of school, and so yeah. it's a big deal, giant celebration. They do all these different things around the number one hundred. So, I shouldn't say this was like something they had to do, but it was kind of like, hey, you why don't you do this for your child type thing? And my son was really excited about it. They wanted everyone to make their kids t-shirts basically where you essentially glue a hundred different items onto a shirt. Yes. Are you aware of this? I'm very aware because we, we did it last year in kindergarten. What did you glue on the shirt? Was it like, 
buttons, beads, feathers. Like, there's all these different things I, that you can put on a shirt. I believe for our daughter that the 100th day is Monday, I believe. Okay. So her round two is coming up. Uh, round one, I, like you, was not aware that this was a thing. And I thought that I had heard my wife mention something about this, say, a couple of days prior to them going to school. And, like, I don't know. It was one of those things where I, I there's, like, levels of importance. Maybe, maybe I'm just because I'm a bad person. There's levels of importance of things that get kind of spoken into the existence. And I guess at that point in time, I didn't really deem that as a, a level that was pay attention worthy. And then when we got closer to the day, that included an entire trip to go out to make sure that you have all of the, the proper things to be able to add to the collage. So I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there was a trip to Michael's that included us buying an entire box of these little like glitter chunks of plastic that we glue we we hot glued a hundred yeah. of these little mirrors yeah. on a and here's the other thing too because it was private school we couldn't just go and get a regular t-shirt it still had to be like a collared shirt so you had to go oh, we no. literally went to dollar tree and dollar tree has <laughs> an aisle that has five dollar items in it and they just so happen to have what looks like the run of seconds where you can tell the shirt's not quite straight, kind of tilts to one side. Uh, so we had to buy that and then glue them onto a collared okay. shirt for her to wear. Well, then you are very much aware of, of what this process is and, and how tedious it is. So First time a hot glue gun had been used, I think, in forever. Yeah. And you forget, <laughs> yeah. like, damn, it burns the hell out of your knuckles. You don't have any hair that's left on your fingers at all. You got little right. red splotches everywhere. Like, God. Picking glue off my fingertips for, all night long. For like a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I take my son to the store last night because I... I my wife has now caught the stomach bug that the rest of us had over the weekend. So she's just been miserable for the last two days, right? So take my son to the store yesterday after we wrapped up the show to, to find something that he might want to put on a shirt, right? And most of the things I felt like that would even work were glittery and, you know, and he wasn't really into all that. So we're looking around <laughs> trying to find something and... We're in like the the crafts section, which then meets like the, uh, I guess like sewing section, and then different types of fabric. And there happens to be a Mario fabric, uh -oh. Mario Brothers fabric, right? So we can't find anything. Like it's it's like panic mode. I'm about to just buy a bag of a hundred safety pins, and just put safety pins on the shirt, right? And he'll just jingle jangle his way all the way down the hall with all these safety pins and he he sees this mario brothers fabric and says well what if we just buy the fabric and we can cut out each of oh the no <laughs> <laughs> sure pick out the most time consuming thing ever i'm like and by the way don't think that i don't exactly know what you're trying to do with your safety pin trick there too <laughs> lazy oh, slacker that's right <laughs> i mean that's 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 the level we were at though in terms of like panic and 
we've we've reached the final hour of being able to do this because I I completely forgot about the date initially and then you know everybody's been sick and it's just kind of been one of those weeks where everything has slipped through the cracks so finally I, we keep looking I tell him you know I don't I don't know if we're gonna do that fabric we can't find anything that's that's really doable that uh, that would even be like halfway suitable for for him to not only be proud of but maybe not get made fun of simultaneously right mm -hmm. so yes so we pulled the trigger on the mario brothers fabric oh my gosh uh oh so not only did i spend the evening using the hot glue i had to cut out a hundred different little characters on this fabric to then hot glue it onto a shirt so now you hate mario <laughs> listen mario and i have had a little bit of of angst between us for a while now because it's all Mario all the time. But, yeah. My and fingertips being just burned to a crisp. Cemented now. You can't stand Mario. Oh. What a night. Golly. There's, there's still, like, little strings of glue everywhere. I, you cannot get rid of that stuff. It's like, it's like uh, hair glue. It, it, yeah. It's, it's strands of hair that are actually glue just everywhere from having to use one of those dumb things. Ah, then you get the wrong glue stick. I, like I got the wrong size. And I got to go run, run them back to the store. I, seriously, I hadn't used a glue stick or a hot glue gun since yep. I was probably I don't know, twelve. It was crazy. I I yeah. By the Hers way, is... I did I did forget. I didn't even unplug the thing last night when I finally finished. Right, so I wake up this morning, walk into the kitchen. And I happened to see the glue gun over there, and glue is just dripped out of this thing basically all night. Of course. Oh, no. A giant mound no. of hot glue on the table. Yeah, nothing like having a little uh, pile of basic, uh, like, I, home magma is what it is. It's the equivalent <laughs> of home magma that's just hanging out on your table. Man. Uh, it was so bad, I think we did a count when she came home of all the things that were glued on her shirt last year. And of the 100, I think we were probably in this 70-something range of those that lasted. So I can only imagine what the school looks like. And put the poor janitor, as much as anyone else, the poor janitor oh, right. at the end of that day, like, he's got a hard enough time as it is. You know, always a little pocket full of that sawdust stuff to throw down on whatever kid vomited everywhere the day and... You know, the horrific things that you probably find inside of the bathrooms of an elementary school. And now you got to go and probably an extra two hours of picking up all the items that just f have fallen off of little kids' shirts all day. Because you want to celebrate 100 days of school. It's just another day. It's the Super Bowl of elementary school. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm, yeah. I don't know what's in store for us this weekend as far as what we have to do to prep hers, but I'll uh, I'll keep you up to date on that for sure. I lost count somewhere close to the end of how many I actually had on there. Yeah. So I don't even know. Like, I can't even 100% guarantee that there were 100 on that shirt. But I thought, you know what, close enough and nobody's going to count. We're, we're calling this one. And then first thing this morning, he puts the thing on and one falls off, right? And he's immediately <laughs> like, uh, now there's only 99. And I said, joke's on you. I put 101 on there knowing that one might fall off. So 
Do you ever the things you were satisfied that, with my blatant lie? The things that happen in school now, where and I, I'm incredibly thankful to be a part of everything that they ask me to be a part of, and as I'm sure every parent is. But do you ever sit and wonder, like, if I were to bring home a piece of paper to my old man and go, Dad? Monday when I go to school, I have to have a hundred things on my shirt and just to try to think of what my old man's reaction would have been <laughs> or if it would have been like donuts with dad while I was growing up. I can, I can only imagine, you know, a giant lip full of Copenhagen, you know, probably a, a hat that had like the General Lee on the front or something like that. And him, like, I, I, I think about that from time to time, about the interaction of all the different things that we do at school now with what his response would have been. <laughs> oh, gosh. Fantastic. Uh, I did want to start here today with one thing before we take our first time out. Do you know what today is the anniversary of? Today's the anniversary of something that kind of shook this business to its core. Involving a Super Bowl. Involving a Super Bowl. In Houston. In Houston, Texas. Uh, Scott, bring up the old internet. And boom, right there, the entire country lost their ever-loving mind on that faithful date there in February, the 1st of February, 2004, to where, by the time that we got to uh, just a few days away from that very moment, we were staring at a full-blown controversy in football world and in pop culture world and in culture in general. And, of course, I'm speaking of the great, however you refer to it, wardrobe malfunction. I believe the term nipplegate was was used quite often by talk shows across the country. Oh, the political elements of this were just all over the place. And then the entertainment world fighting back on what actually happened there at the Super Bowl in Houston. And I'm here to tell you that uh, I still to this day do not quite understand the backlash that this medium got because of what happened on television. Because I'm here to tell you that the flexing of, of the FCC muscle after this happened 20 years ago had an impact across not just television, but radio to a point that many think that it forced some people to jump platforms and to ch actually change mediums because of how tight that the FCC became after that very incident right there. Um, do you guys have any idea the number of complaints that were filed that the FCC got because of that controversy? I can only imagine, considering how many people got upset that Dolly Parton wore a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader uniform. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. More than they could probably field, right? Uh, there were, I believe, over... I had the exact number here, and of course, about the time I get ready to bring it up, I completely lose track of it. 
I know that they got like parent groups involved in this. So when a parent group got involved and started pushing out the uh, agenda that we can't allow something like this to happen ever again, uh, where little kids might be around the television, uh, parent groups were able to push 62,000 complaints in their own right. But I believe the total number of complaints the FCC got was over 500,000 complaints for something that was on TV. The actual site of what the complaint was to where you couldn't even see the full element of nudity of it was less than one second. And if you guys remember, 2004 was like the TiVo era. This, there was yeah, that was like the infancy. This wasn't like DVR. Like this wasn't a regular thing for everyone to be like, wait, what? Let me go back and try to rewind that. You had to have that dumb separate box, that TiVo box, connected to your television and that dumb little noise that it make, boop, 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 and rewind and go back and actually see it for the very first time. Yes, less than a second that resulted in over 500,000 different complaints going to the FCC. So because of that... The uh, uh, the amount of crackdown that was happening, like I am here to tell you that it was rather impressive uh, to the point where things got so tight across the country with giant media conglomerates like the one that I worked for clear channel slash iHeart had all of these other potential fines that were waiting on the FCC to go through the process. And the FCC had said, you know what we're going to do here, we're going to start increasing these fines. As much as in some cases from what one fine would have been, $27,500, increasing them to $500,000. Okay, so think about that in the inflation rate that they were doing. And a lot of people felt like that this was the FCC basically saying, you know what? We have lost a little bit of our steam. We've lost a little bit of our control because the Internet was absolutely raging at that time. Think of the culture, the WWE-esque attitude era culture that was surrounding the entire country at that point in time. Uh, satellite radio was just becoming a thing with the likes of Opie and Anthony jumping over and having their own uh, you know, explicit channel that was there. You couldn't do anything really because of cable outlets. So what can we do? We can really flex our muscle on TV and we can flex our muscle on radio. Um, they ended up striking deals with virtually every company, like iHeart. iHeart struck a deal, and they basically said, listen, FCC, um, you increasing these fines is a little bit absurd, but we'll tell you what we'll do. If you go ahead and guarantee to drop all the current fines that you have listed for us right now, which would have totaled uh, somewhere like in the millions of dollars for the total from all across the country, we will force our employees twice a year to take FCC decency tests twice a year. It became mandatory with less than a month. They had settled with this. What? And I had to take an FCC decency test twice a year as a member of iHeart slash clear channel communications because of this deal that they cut with the federal government. And it wasn't just us. Dude, like Cumulus, you name it, anyone that was a big media conglomerate at that time instantly went into deal-cutting season. Oh, and we also had to gather up anything that we deemed to be inappropriate. And when I mean inappropriate, we, we had a fart sounder that we, it was deemed we were not allowed to play anymore. 
Like you had to go through and provide evidence in some cases of bits or sound bites that you would play on your shows or anything, anything, uh, anything in terms of drops. This was also the time that the Chappelle show was becoming a thing too. So everyone was relying on Chappelle show drops. You had to double check and make sure and get basically signed off on that this was going to be able to be played on the air without the threat of the FCC cracking down on you because they started going through everyone with like a magnifying glass. So we had these meetings, dude, where we had to go and we had to present sound effects to management and make our case for why we shouldn't, why we should and shouldn't be able to play them anymore. How insane is that? Absolutely bonkers. And you look at the number of fines and complaints that uh, started to skyrocket at, uh, in the time frame after that happened. So the Super Bowl got 500,000 of them in their own right, but that's not, that's not an accurate number for the rest of 2004 because at the end of 2004, the amount of complaints didn't just double, didn't triple. 2003... The number of complaints received to the FCC was 250,000. The number of complaints that they received by the end of 2004 was 1.5 million. So everyone got on their high horse then about sending in complaints to the FCC. All because of that one singular moment. Fines, by the way, less than 500,000 in fines were issued in 2003. But in 2004, over $8 million in fines were issued by the FCC because of that one singular less than one second moment on the television screen. It is absolutely nuts. The aftermath that happened caused so many things to happen, dude. Uh, Guiding Light even had to edit out what they considered to be a nudity scene that had already been taped. Um, Let's see. There are episodes of ER that they had to go back in where they were wheeling in an elderly woman to the hospital and the side of her breast could be seen in a context and injury with treatment. They had to go in and and edit that out. Uh, There's cases here of every single entity going in and having to change what they were doing because they were so worried about being fined for even the most minuscule item. Uh, NASCAR stiffened their penalties three weeks later. Johnny Sauter got fined $10,000 and 25 points for obscene language in an interview. Dale Earnhardt Jr. got a $50,000 fine when he used an obscenity after winning the uh, EA Sports 500 at Talladega Speedway. The NFL came under some similar controversies over its telecasts. Uh, telecast of the 2005 playoff game between the Packers and the Vikings had complaints that Minnesota player Randy Moss, who scored a touchdown, remember the, that's a disgusting act, mooning the spectators. They got FCC complaints over that. And the NFL ended up cutting a deal over that. So they wouldn't get hit over the top with a fine. So I just want to throw it back to this date and 20 years ago when we all lost our minds and started sending in complaints to the FCC over something that happened at the Super Bowl halftime show. It was a truly wild time. It's wild to think about that time and how crazy things were just in general, right? And the things you could get away with. Yes. And the language that was used and just the the overall mentality of people in general and how different that is now, yet that was something that generated that type of 
momentum. That's yeah. CBS, who had the game, so by the bizarre. way, was fined five hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the halftime show. But a federal appeals court actually tossed the fine. Was Radio- that the beginning of cancel culture? Because I, I knew there was a lot that of that. Yes, jumped on board with it just because everybody else was upset with it, right? Like, do you know one of the you're reasons? You're not mad by that. Get out. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, and it's a lot like what's what's going on today. It's uh, the people aren't really uh, mad about that. It is either it's groupthink. It's you throw something out because you love the kudos of people that either really feel that way or you're just doing it to stir the pot. Like it's there's there's no real truth to anything that's going on, and one of the reasons why radio got hammered is because of that suit from CBS getting thrown out. It was a double standard, and the FCC was like, well, that got thrown out, so you know what we can do? We can just squash the the medium that we consider to be even under television, and that's what happened. So, yeah, man, it was was a very, very wild time indeed. Uh, And uh, gone were the days of Whip Him Out Wednesday from Opie and Anthony and everything else that they were doing at that time while they were on terrestrial radio. So uh, a uh, pouring out of the 40 to the Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake controversy. And that halftime show, by the way, just didn't have those two because I watched it. It had Kid Rock. It had P. Diddy. It had Nelly. It had Jessica Simpson. It had a ton of people on there. And that was the last time MTV got to produce a halftime show. Last time. Uh, they they banned MTV forever from producing the halftime show, and it also was able to spawn over the next couple of years until they got a new entity to pick up production, a bunch of older classic rock bands that were doing the halftime shows. Go and look at the list of, of who played the Super Bowl in those years directly after that, and they were deemed to be family safe and appropriate for everyone, which is why I think we got like The Who, I think, played a year uh, Tom Petty, I think, played a year in there as well. So, yeah, just uh, an, insane, an insane time indeed. All right, it's 326. We'll take a timeout. Uh, when we come back, we will have more for you from Colby Daniels, who will take the reins here on the Blitz 1170. We've got Colin Kennedy coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I believe Colin's been hang, hanging out at East-West Shrine Bowl practice. Uh, for the majority of the weekend, some recruiting notes. Is Oklahoma done in this cycle via portal? It looks like that that may be the case until the spring rolls around, so we'll talk about that with uh, Colin and much, much more here on the Blitz 1170 as we are always streaming on the Blitz 1170 app as well.